Hey everybody, this is Dr. Ryan Berlin on 55KRC, the talk station. You're listening to Align Your Health. This is the show about maximizing your health through real solutions without drugs and surgery. And uh, just excited to be here with my wife, Ashley. Good morning. And we're coming off of a couple exciting weeks, um, one of which because we went on vacation. Yes. And so that's awesome. Um, But uh, we're coming off of three weeks of talking about cancer and doing our our awesome event absolutely incredible so um just having a a great event and seeing lives change out of that and people learning how to really build a strong and powerful immune system and so if you were there um you know what we're talking about if you weren't there man you missed it and you want to make sure you don't ever do that again absolutely so um be just always make sure that you're checking uh with our website at AlignHealthCenter.com and checking with our other website, which is DrRyanLive.com. Always be plugging into events. Um, if at any time during the show today you want to call in and, and you want us to be your doctor, um, if you want us to help you out, uh, know that we open up five appointment times every single week, and those are specifically for people who call in right now during the show. And then once the show is over, we start scheduling um, other new patients in those slots. So uh, the phone number to write down or to uh, take mental note of is 513-755-3583. And uh, you'll be calling and talking to one of our staff. We'll make sure they get you scheduled. Absolutely. So um, <clears throat> coming out of cancer, one of the things I realized going back and listening to our show is uh, – you know, I went into the uh, shows just really excited because I, I, I just our outlook on sickness and disease, yeah, and yep. cancer, yep. and all these things that we just, you know, we talked about a little bit. We use the term "more than conquerors." We we talked yes. about being overcomers, and yep. so I was really excited going into the event and going into. But the couple weeks before the event. I was actually playing our radio shows in the office. Which we had awesome feedback on. Yeah, yeah. but I also I also noticed like you could tell who was getting excited by it and empowered by it, and you could tell who was like being challenged and maybe even maybe even it was having like a negative effect on getting talk- fearful. Yeah, they were getting yep. fearful. Yeah. Yeah. That they listen. It's that's a big I, I think that that's a beautiful opener to why we came to what we wanted to talk about today. Yeah, exactly. That's why I brought it up. And I know we, we didn't even talk. I didn't talk. I didn't you even did tell it on you. purpose. <laughs> yeah, but I didn't even tell you that I noticed that yeah, um, going yeah. into this. And then what's interesting is I wanted to talk about this today. And then you've been studying this. Yes. And, and just all right. So just to open up what we're going to talk about today is we're going to talk about stress. We're going to talk about um how we perceive stress, yes. its negative effects, its positive effects. We're going to talk about um, the mystery of the placebo and then yes. this other term called the nocebo effect. We're going to talk about um, the effects of focus and mental imagery and really uh, kind of rewiring some pathways in our in our brain patterns and, and just uh, put this all together. It's going to be a really cool topic. So give them a little bit of like... You know, just um, 
like you've been studying and you're just excited about all the epigenetic stuff, but you've just tapped into this whole other side of epigenetics, which is the mental effect of it. Yes. And and without we don't like I don't even want you to get into necessarily a lot of the topic yet. Just tell me right, why right, it excites right. you. Right. Um oh, that's a really good question. I mean, I guess it excites me because a lot of times when I look at stress or when I look at, you know, how mentally um people handle stress or when I look at just like the the cognitive aspect of things, I really feel like I really feel like Uh, for a lot of it, it doesn't seem concrete and there doesn't, it doesn't seem like, like I hear people say, Oh, I do, I do yoga or I meditate or, or, you you know, like whatever it is. And it seems kind of frou-frou and it seems kind of like not measurable and not, you know, like what, what is the actual effect on your body? Oh, well you feel good. Like, Oh really? Like it's just because you feel good, you know? So it it seems a little pie in the sky to me previously. And the work that I've been doing lately has brought it back down to earth for me personally. I mean, it's not pie in the sky for everybody. Listen, for some people it's, it's as tangible as, you know, me touching you right now. But for me, it seemed pie in the sky and it seemed intangible. But then to look at the genetic data that you can produce based on stress and stress impacts, it's been, it's absolutely blown my mind. And not only can you, so I I think, I think what it's important to get people to understand is that um, there has literally been tons of research done on the effects of stress on the genes, measurable genetic changes, like literally gene expression changing under stress. But one of the things that we're talking about today, and we're going to break this down for you and give you some amazing stories and talk about some of the research. But one of the things we're going to talk about is how those genetic changes um, occur, not based on stress, but based on how you perceive the stress. Boom. Yep. It's huge. So that's what today's show is about is that stress. In fact, we were talking about how the stress response in the body on a neurochemical level, mm-hmm. um, the, the excitation on the nervous system, the, uh, the adrenal glands producing hormones like catecholamines and, epinephrine and norepinephrine and and the the neurochemical response under stress is pretty much very the same very much the same in everyone but how they perceive the stressful event or I'll even take it the next step if they even perceive it as being stressful exactly do they look at it as, as having a positive effect on them or a negative effect? And another way of saying that would be in life, when we look at these, are we a victim of stressful events mm-hmm. or do we look at them as opportunities to grow? So we refer to that like there's different mindsets. Right. I was expecting you to name them there. Oh, yeah. Like a growth mindset. <laughs> right. A fixed mindset, a growth mindset. Right. And... Uh, <laughs> And for those of you watching live on Facebook right now, because um, we're we're doing this live, is um, having having a fixed mindset, a growth mindset, something that we actually talk about all the time. So uh, all the time, I was expecting uh, Ashley to pick up on that one, but uh, quicker. <laughs> but but here's the thing: is that it has nothing to do with the actual event; it has everything to do with how we perceive it. Which is why you could walk into your office and you could be playing our radio show about cancer and. All like, uh, and I'm fired people. up, excited. Yep, you're fired up, excited. Somebody over here is fired up, excited. Slapping high fives with someone who's beat right. who beat cancer. Right, they're excited because right. they're, they're they look at it as an opportunity for growth. Yet someone else who's sitting there who has a family member 
is having a very emotional negative response to it because they're they're listening to, you know, talking about something that really hurt and damaged their family. Yeah, and more more importantly, and the reason we're having this conversation with you guys is because one of the things actually I were literally just talking about in the car on the way over here was it's too late. Once you get a diagnosis, so if we apply this to our health, if you get a diagnosis of something, you know, that's like that we would perceive as being bad or like it sounds like bad news. Like I don't even like the doctor comes in the room and the first word out of his mouth is I have bad news, bad news. And now you perceive it as being bad news when like our buddy Charles Majors, the cancer killer, you know, somebody come in and say, I have bad news. He literally like won't even allow himself to like re- register those words yep. because he looks at every opportunity as a ch- as a challenge and an opportunity to grow. So if somebody was going to tell him they have cancer, he's like, "Great, this is an opportunity to become the cancer killer and write a, a best selling book and to teach people how to overcome cancer." Right, right. right? Like looked at as an opportunity for growth. Yeah. Um, but that that being said, when you're in that environment and you get the diagnosis. It's too late because you had to have created the mindset ahead of time. So the reason why we're talking to you guys about this today is we want to, we want, I I literally want you walking away from this convinced that you have to establish a growth mindset and, and really understand the power that you have in your own brain. Absolutely. I mean, our, our health is, (laughs) there's so much in our health that depends on our mindset our, our mentality about life, about, about our health, about just everything, whether it's happening, whether we believe things happen to us yep. or whether we think that we're, you know, like we're in control and if not in control, we're at least in control of ourselves. Yeah. We're at least in control of our own minds. We're at least in control of our own beliefs and our own thoughts. And, and, and if we don't, if, if we feel, listen, I've been in a place in my life before too, where I felt out of control with my own thoughts. I mean, you know, like I'm somebody who has, um, overcome anxiety. Mm-hmm. Like I, I like that language. I'm using that now. Like I've That's overcome awesome. anxiety. Right. And like, I don't and, think you ever would have said that. Like, no, the, without studying past. all this. No, I probably would have said I, I battle anxiety. Yeah. Right. And like, I don't want to like, look think at it about as, that. I know. I don't want to look at it as a war. I don't, I don't want to look at it There's as a war. There's casualties in war. There's casualties in war. There's a chance that you can lose in war. When you have overcome something in the past tense, like you've already won. Like you've already won. And so you like, yeah, like I've already won. I've already won. And, and so. As much as we talk about this, I think that's honestly one of the first times I've heard you apply it to that aspect in your own, like audibly sure. claim that. Yeah, no, absolutely. And and there's something too. Listen, like Hey, I want yeah. you guys. So here's the thing. We're growing with you guys. Do you understand that? Like we're here and you guys hear us on the radio and like whether you're a patient of mine or whether like if you guys don't even know who we are and you you just listen to us on a weekly basis, understand that like we're real people too. Yeah. And we're and and we're growing with you guys. And we work really hard at coming up with awesome information, but stuff that really changed has changed or maybe is in the process of changing our lives. Sure. And when we come and talk about this stuff, we do dig up the research. We look for this stuff. I mean, I got research in front of me right now on the computer screen that I'm looking at. And, but I want you guys to know that like, like this is stuff that we have been also everything. I mean, like we like last week on cancer or the week before. Like we have family members who who have gone through that. We've yep. had to deal with that. But even this, and Ashley, like I like that's like the first time I've ever heard you 
name that and claim that and take ownership over that. And like, I'm just going to tell you right now, based on the stuff that we're about to go over in the next 45 minutes, like knowing that you just said that makes me so excited for where <laughs> our lives are, are about to go. What better time than now in front of a few thousand of our closest friends? <laughs> Tens of thousands. Hundred. No, I don't know how many are out there. Um, is any, anyone listening right now? No, but all right. So we got a couple minutes before, before we... Uh, yeah. Before we really start unpacking this, and I just want to, so first of all, uh, let's talk about, so it used to be perceived that, or so what I used to teach anyway, one of, one of the things I used to teach people, and now I realize this not to be inaccurate, is that there are two types of stress. Now that that is considered to be accurate definitively. There's distress and stress. But how we define those is very different. Yeah. Um, so we used to define it as distress as anything that strikes discord and creates tension and has a, essentially has a net negative. Eustress, um, E-U-S-T-R-E-S-S, is something that has a net positive. So I used to tell people that like kids screaming, um, you know, uh, like whatever it is, your boss, you know, telling you, you have X, Y, and Z, your coworkers, uh, your, whatever yeah, was traffic. a distress. And then things like prayer and meditation and reading books and, um, and, and, and working out and all those things were you stresses. Yep. But what we're going to unpack in the next few minutes is we're going to show you guys. In fact, we're going to come back with exactly that. We're going to pick right up where we left off, come back with exactly that and tell you why that we are going to smash that, tell you why it's wrong. And it's going to be really interesting. So just uh, stay, stay tuned in. You're listening to 55 KRC, the talk station. This is Align Your Health. Hey, everybody, this is Dr. Ryan Berlin on 55KRC, the talk station. I am sitting here with my beautiful bride, Ashley, and uh, this is Align Your Health, the radio show about you know, real health solutions without drugs and surgery. And today we're talking about stress and our mindset and perception of it. So what I was just, you know, so I used to teach that stress, E-U-S-T-R-E-S-S, good stress, things like reading a book and taking a walk and going, you know, having a prayer or meditation, that those are things that you do to combat distress, which is like somebody yelling at you or the kids screaming or your boss dumping a bunch of work on your desk or whatever. And that, that you can't um, necessarily avoid bad stress. So you have to combat it by doing things that are good stressors. And that's actually something that was taught to me by a mentor of mine who unintentionally lied to me and he didn't know it because now I don't even believe I, I've been teaching that. So we've been living on a stress battle. Field. I've been living out a lie is what I've been doing. And <laughs> so, I'm just yeah. coming to this acknowledgement that, that, yeah, well, Hey, listen, like when you know better, you do better. And so, um, and, and we're always learning and growing. And, and so, I mean, it's fine. It's absolutely fine. Um, but I think it's interesting because the way that you describe that really feels very um like it feels very like tug of war and it feels like wow like this this it whole feels thing, stressful it feels stressful <laughs> to talk about stress yeah well so here was the example that you and i were talking about on the car on the way over which was so all right let's take the kids crying and screaming for instance yeah you and i three kids right now sometimes that feels stressful sure absolutely take someone who just lost one of their kids or say someone who hasn't had a child in the home for 15 years and they miss it. Yep. 
or a grandparent who gets to see their grandkids and, and they, they hear a kid often. fussing or crying yep and to yep. them it may be a very heartwarming thing oh absolutely and create memories right and they'll often say things to you like Hey, just make sure you live in the moment and appreciate this now yes. because one day it'll be gone. And oh. for you, you're in the moment and it feels stressful, but to them, it's not a stress. Yeah. So wait a minute. What does how, that mean? How are two people experiencing the same thing? And they they're feel experiencing the same exact thing. It. Yeah. Because it's all about. It's all about yourself. It's all about how you interpret the things around you. Listen, they which is say your perception, your perception and your perspective. And and they say when in terms of stress, if we look at stress as a whole. A whole piece, they say that 1% of stress is outside coming in, what happens on the outside. Uno. Uno. 1%. 99% of it is you, yourself, how you interpret it, how you react to it, like where your cognition is in terms of like what's happening around you. Your response and or conditioning to it. Yes. And I'll and I'll and I'll argue to say and this is one of the things that we're we're going to talk about is that I would argue to say that you're you're going to be best off in so first of all it's important to train that. Mm-hmm. Because it's hard to just have a positive response to stress mm-hmm. unless you've perceived or unless you've worked at hard on creating a positive perception around any stressful environments. Okay, so this is the interesting thing about stress is that is that in the same way that we've talked before about um so I owned a gym for 8 years and I and I have a lot of fitness examples, right? And the same way that we've talked with our clients a lot or you know, you've talked with your patients and and we've talked about how working out and fitness is a muscle that you have to build, right? And you like you come against something that like innately you could even call it stressful. Like you could call weights a version of physical stress on your body, right? Like working out is a physical stressor to your body, but it's still good for you, right? And so it's something that you have to build and you have to work out and you have to continually encounter, you know, whatever it is. You can continually encounter the running or you continually encounter the um, cycling or you continually encounter the weightlifting or the CrossFit or the, you know, whatever it is that you're doing, you're continually encountering that and that's making you grow and become a fit person and become healthier in the end. So, Listen, I've never we've never taken this analogy with stress that it's important that you encounter stress and train yourself in how to properly deal with it so that at the end of it, you're an overcomer and you're not victim to bad, stressful circumstances. And this we're talking about stress because how intricately it affects your health. Right. It has a very very profound impact profound on, impact on, on yeah. your health. Yeah. Wow. I'm going to go back to my example for a second and just talk about, so I used to use the examples under you stress of like reading, yeah. prayer, et cetera. Those are positive. And I think generally speaking, most people would, you know, like, but talk to a seven-year-old kid who's not doing well in reading Ugh. and tell him that, you know, reading is something you do to combat stress. Yeah. And all of a sudden he's like, He's stressed out by reading or talk to someone who's maybe not in a good place in their relationship with God or prayer life and talk to them that like tell them that prayer is a you stress and something you do well to combat distress or or, you know what I mean? Mm -hmm. So it's the perception of that. And I think that's what what you're, you know, getting to like, here's the reality. 
is that from the moment your alarm clock goes off, which that's a noise, that's a stress on your ears that wakes you up, jars you, you get out of bed, you're under the stress of gravity, you literally have to pick up your clothes and pull them, which is working against a stress. Mm-hmm. And then you like every like literally everything is a stress. Mm-hmm. Like it's a force mm-hmm. either acted upon, you know, like like it's it's going back to like all the laws of thermodynamics, all this like literally everything that we do. Even if you lay in bed and you don't sh- turn shut off the alarm clock. Right. Like the bed itself pushing up against you is a stress. Like yep. everything's yep. stress. So everything like I would argue to say life is stress. Right. And so our perception and how we deal with it. So let's, all right, so let's get off the stress topic for a second. Let's talk about the effects of the placebo. And then maybe as importantly, the nocebo, which is a term that, you know, relatively new to me that I. Yes, absolutely new to me. Okay. So a lot of people, uh, I won't say everyone, we'll just assume some people on the line don't know what the placebo is. So placebo effect is this, and it's particularly used in like drug trials and stuff so that they can tell if a drug's actually effective for doing the thing that they want the drug to do. We won't say working because uh, we, we don't like uh, the way most uh, pharmaceuticals operate in the body, but for their desired outcome. So here's how placebo works is that they give the, a group the drug whatever, so let's say a high blood pressure drug, they give a group a drug and they want to see their blood pressure go down. That's the desired effect of the blood pressure drug. They give another group a placebo, like a sugar pill or something, and they tell them it's the same drug. Right. And a percentage of those people's blood pressure goes down because they thought they were taking a blood pressure drug. Right. Because the mind is powerful. Yes. And then the the goal is that there is a a large difference between the two. And then they can say this drug is very effective at doing this because it outperformed placebo. Unfortunately for some of the drugs on the market, they don't perform the the, outperform the placebo. Some Mm -hmm. are are not much more effective. Um, So some people get better simply because they thought they were taking something that was making them better. The sugar pill didn't do it. Their brain did it. So the nocebo. Right. Describe that one. <laughs> oh, you put me on the spot here. So the nocebo, there's, there's, there's no medication involved, right? There's no, there's nothing that you're taking. It's all cognitive, from my understanding. Yeah, am I right? So it's it's the exact same thing. Yep. Just the reverse, which is a negative effect rather than a positive one. So it's the it's the premise that um, if you think you're going to get worse, you will. Yeah. And if you think you're going to get better you will so in the same trials the placebo and the nocebo can be in effect so the way the nocebo works is that you take that same group of the blood pressure people and they know that the blood pressure drug comes with side effects so some people in the group that actually got the blood pressure drug right have side effects from the blood pressure drug right like they get a headache or whatever it is right in the no or in the in the placebo group, they got a sugar pill. They got the placebo pill, but they experienced the negative effects of the drug as well. Although they didn't get the drug, they didn't get the drug. So the placebo effect is that they got the benefit of the drug without getting the drug. The nocebo is that they had the ill effects of the drug. Okay, so the nocebo is an ill 
is a negative. Negative effect. Negative effect. Okay, got so it. So they got drop it, it. out of the trial because, man, my head's killing me. I can't take this drug anymore that they put me on, and they were never on the drug and in the first place. And they were never on the drug in the first place. Okay, so so um, when we look from a, from a, and how do we know this information, right? When we look at um, the tech, the technical university in Germ- of Germany in Munich did a study, Yep. right? And there was 50 people. And they were putting these 50 people through a flexibility test. And so these people had low back pain. They had low back, they had lower back pain and they were doing a flexibility test for the lower back pain. And half of them, they told them you will experience pain with this flexibility test. And then the other half, they said you will not have any pain with this flexibility. test. No, they didn't tell they did the second group. They didn't say anything. Oh, They didn't say anything at all. Okay. So the second group, they said nothing at all to the first group. They said that they were going to have pain. The first group all experience pain and some of them in a very, very excruciating way. And the second group that was not told they would have pain did not experience pain. And that, that is the essence of the nocebo effect. Yep. So what this means, and you guys remember like the old Henry Ford quote that was, whether you think you can or think you can't, you're right. Um, I think the other one, I can't remember, I think it was Edison. I can't really remember exactly who the quote was. It was a great quote that said that there's two ways of looking at life. One, as if everything's a miracle, and the other, is if it, as if nothing is. And um, really, our mindset and, and how we perceive this is everything. It literally is everything. And it's not to say that the mind is more powerful than everything else. However, that's actually what we're starting to learn is that the mind actually is more powerful than everything else. And that's what the new science is saying. It's interesting, too, because Stanford University did a study and they proved this on like they actually had data to prove this based on workouts. So they they had people go into a workout and do a workout. And they had they had people who um, and in that test, they were showing people who believed that they had a great workout. They felt like I really I really exerted myself. It was really good. I walked out of there and they they had positive cognition on that workout actually had significantly better numbers than the people who had negative cognition or didn't didn't feel positive about the workout. And they tracked it and they showed that 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 that. There, there was different, there was varying levels of that, right? Where, where they could see the output that a person had, where when they did a workout and they felt positive about it, they actually had higher output of the workout. Yeah. So there was data behind. So what this means is everything that we go into in life, workouts, whatever, we need to see ourselves. We need to be able to visualize ourselves being overcomers more than conquerors. We need to see ourselves doing well at what we're doing. We need to create a mindset. If you're bad, if you're uh, better yet, I don't even like that word. I normally would say right there, if you're battling a, a diagnosis, yeah, I'll, yeah. I'll even go a step. If you're if you're getting ready to overcome a diagnosis, you know, in my office, so you like you know this one. Mm-hmm. Um, in my office, none of my employees are ever allowed to use what word? What 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 four letter word? Can't. Sick. Sick. <laughs> can't. Can't's a good one too. Can't's a good but one. But they're not allowed to say I'm sick. Yeah. Like, because we don't believe in sick, we believe in over, we believe in uh, expressing symptoms of healing. Right. We believe in our body uh, overcoming, uh, you know, being exposed to something we believe in, but we do not believe in sick because sick implies that you're not doing well, that your body is losing when the reality is we know that our bodies are amazingly strong. 
Um, I'm going to give you guys our number. Give us a call if you're interested in coming in and checking us out um, and you're looking for a doctor who's going to talk to you about getting the mindset around getting healthy and healing. Give us a call at 513-755-3583. You're listening to Align Your Health on 55KRC, the talk station. Welcome back to Align Your Health. This is Ashley Berlin on 55KRC, the talk station. And today we are talking about stress. It's a good, it's a good day. I love this topic. All right. So we, we've been, we've been talking about, we've been flipping the paradigm upside down on how we view stress. And we talked about how um, we've, we've shown different studies and we've talked about how people encounter stress and what they do with it and how physiologically the way you look at stress, whether you look at it as bad or whether you look at it as good, you are right. Yeah. Yeah, so you know, we, we applied this to the one study you talked about how in athletics, how you perceive your workout going into it, like you actually produced physiological outcomes that were uh, more adapted towards a heart or a more successful workout if you viewed it as a more successful workout. And I'm even looking at a study right now that says that um, that there are there's genetic evidence that suggests that elite athletes, um, their like their output is based on how they determine their body can handle something. Wow. Does that make sense? Like yeah. how they view their own capacity in their body is how they, like what their, what their output is. And this is an elite athlete. So we have a good example of this. Actually, there's a couple of them. And uh, my dad's been telling me this story since I was little. And then and you one, finally and get then, to use it. And then Dr. Ben Lerner, <laughs> um, when he was like with Max Living and, and a mentor of mine, he used to tell this story. And like, I, so I, I just, I have a fondness towards a story. And, I'm, and I want to I want to share with you guys a couple of stories too in in my own office um, that relate to this, but because I see this all the time. But I want to tell you the story. Some of you guys know this story. Let's go back. So this story I actually have this right in front of me it goes all the way back to 1954. So some some of you like myself weren't born yet. Some of you guys will remember this very well. But before 1954, no man was ever going to run a four-minute mile. It was impossible. We were even told things as ludicrous as um, man would spontaneously combust if he ever ran more than four miles an hour. This is like literally the nonsense that would be said. And so this um, less than four-minute mile had never been achieved. Because no man could physically do it. That was what we were told. Oh, my gosh. Un- and until 1954, when Roger Bannister ran a 359.4 and uh, broke and he that. didn't explode. Did not explode, <laughs> which is, yeah, that, you know what? Thank God that Roger wasn't listening to what people had to say about how fast you can run. Crazy. Breaks a four-minute mile. Yeah. Today, do you know how many men have broken the four-minute mile barrier? Oh, my gosh. Take a guess. 1,400 male athletes have broken the four-minute mile barrier. Stop it. It is now considered the standard for all middle-distance runners that they have to be able to break a four-minute mile in order to be considered an elite runner we're talking like 22 feet per second. That's 15 miles per hour. It, don't get me wrong. It's a fast speed. But the reason that nobody had broke it was because nobody nobody believed they could. Right. And Roger Bannister 
believed he could, right? Nobody told him he couldn't. He right. didn't listen to the other people. I mean, plenty of people were saying you can't do it, but he didn't listen to that. Right. Um, there, there are great examples uh, of this in other sports. But what's interesting, and, I, and I'm going to call it right now, no woman has yet broke the four-minute mile. Hmm. And I think that we're stepping, you know, I think that we're in a really good place in society where women, women are, you know, really, even though I think there's still a lot of ways where there isn't a lot of equality, right. we're, in a, we're in a time where there's actually more than ever. Yep. And then also it's created maybe a larger, um, uh, what's the word I'm looking for, disparity or contrast than ever because right. of the one, the, the, all the equality that is there, then the things that aren't necessarily equal, it looks so much more contrasted. And so I really think that as women's mindsets start to change and they perceive themselves right, right. as being even more equal on that plane, we're going to see the female hey, listen, smile broken. This might sound crazy to you, but I, I, I'm, I'm not listening to anybody who's telling me what women can and can't do. Like, I'm not listening Got to anybody it. who's saying women are women are women have been put down. Women are, you know, like I'm I'm letting the people speak into me that are that like aren't putting beliefs in me that women are oppressed or, you know, Ooh, being oppressed. I like like that. everyone, everyone has to make this decision for themselves. I'm not, you know, yeah, here to like not this. Woman. Right. But for me, for me, I'm shutting my ears down when somebody's saying, you know, women are are women can't do this or women are put down or or we've been oppressed for so long now. Um, I'm, not, I'm not listening to any of that. I'm, I'm letting people speak life into me and yeah. and. Anyway, so but I love that. Um, I love I love the example of, you know, people saying you can't do it and then somebody overcoming it and then it opens the door for everyone's mindset. And and honestly, isn't that why we're here today? Isn't that why we're doing this show exactly? Because there has to be somebody in our city who's saying who's drawing the line in the sand and who's saying enough is enough on, on you know, there, there are other options. Yeah, so some of you guys are up against something, and it is a stress, and it may be a challenge, but you got to look at it as that as a challenge. And it doesn't mean you can't overcome it. You will. You will overcome it. You just have to, number one, develop a winning mindset, and number two, develop your strong room, which is get the right people in your room who also believe in your success and start working with them and either be coached or mentored towards the right thing. So I'm going to give you some examples in my office. We have people come in and pain all the time. I have patients that have been to two and three other chiropractors. I've had patients, chiropractors tell them that I can't help you. Actually, they've said chiropractic can't help you anymore. And I had one lady, for instance, I use this example all the time. She's still a patient. I love her. She, um, she had been to a chiropractor for years. Her chiropractor referred her to a neurosurgeon because he said there's nothing more chiropractic can do. She um, she goes and uh, consults with a neurosurgeon. He puts eight screws and two rods in her back. She comes out of the surgery not just with the back pain but with now back pain and sciatica. And then he tells her that they um, that that the surgery uh, was uh, not the biggest success. Within four months, her bladder and her bowels start shutting down, and she has this failed surgery. So now she not only believes that chiropractic can't help her, but she's been told she's had a failed surgery and that it's not their fault. There's nothing they could do. They just went in. They did the right thing, but the surgery, you know, it was too late. And so she um, goes down this road. Now, one of her family members is a patient of mine begs her to come in because I helped her, and they're both in their 60s. They're sisters. And her sister's begging her, you have to come in. You have to see Dr. Ryan. You have to blah, blah. I know he can help you. He'll be the first to tell you if he doesn't think he can help you. But if he thinks he can help you at all, he'll help he'll. So we get an x-ray. And what, what actually destroyed her low back, they never even addressed, was she had this massive pelvic imbalance. Her pelvis was shifted out of, out of position 15 millimeters. So when they fused the low back where the damage, you know, 
if your alignment on your car's off, it'll destroy your tires. Right. And if your alignment's on your spot uh, of your pelvis is off, it'll destroy your knees and ankles, but also destroy your low back. And that's what it did. That's so that, critical for somebody listening right now. They they didn't know that their ankle problem or their knee problem or their spine problem or their spine problem was something that had was to do with from their hips. Ten years of carrying a kid around on one hip and not the other. Guilty. Or yep. as yep. a gentleman or lady who commutes, driving with one foot forward on the gas pedal in that thirty to out to sixty minute commute every day, yep. where you can feel your weight shifted more on one butt cheek than the other all day long. Or sitting on a wallet, sitting on your wallet, like you're listening right now and you got that big old George Costanza wallet (laughs) under your butt cheek. You got you got to get that thing out, because think about what if one of your shoes had a two inch bigger sole on it than the other shoe? Your spine's going to be like all jacked up. And yours is if you're sitting on that wallet. Greg, if you got your wallet in your you got to take that thing out, man. (laughs) Um, No, but here's the thing. So if you have that big old wallet in there, it's shifting those hips. What's going to happen is it will, in time, create an imbalance of the pelvis and eventually create back problems. So this person had that. So instead of fixing the pelvis, they went in and put rods and screws in the low back and fused it into a more neutral position and to keep it from continuing to break down because now the rods and screws are keeping that from happening. But they, she wakes up out of surgery because now the, the low back was compensating for the hips. The hip problem's still there. She has worse pain. She comes in. They finally convince her to come in. We spend eight weeks working on her, 24 visits. It's a lot, but she's had this going on 30 years. She, she was treating back pain. We correct her hip imbalance in under eight weeks and correct the part of her scoliosis above her fusion. All her back pain, all her sciatica goes away. Her bladder starts functioning again. Her bowels start functioning again. We're talking about a 70-year-old woman, 68, no longer wearing a diaper. That's incredible. Because we were able to correct her back pain all because... One person told her it was possible and she believed it. And that was me because I said, based on expertise, her question to me was, it made sense. She looked at it on x-ray. Her hips are off. But she said, do you believe that you can fix this? And my answer to her was, absolutely. If we correct that pelvic alignment. Now, what if I said, I don't know. Chances are slim. But we're going to do our best job. Yeah. Yeah. Do you think the outcomes would have been different? No. I, I, I think the yes. follow through would have been different. The follow through would have been different. I think the outcome would have been different. I believe I see this in people. You, you have two people with a similar condition, similar problem, and they have similar subluxations in their spine. And you adjust them both very similarly. And one of them sees themselves getting well and the other one does not. And the one – and what's interesting is – Chiropractic is so amazing that you remove the interference. They both get well. Guess who gets well a lot faster? A lot faster. The person who sees and perceives themselves getting well, that they literally like get adjusted. And instead of hearing that cracking noise and feeling like it's terrible or feeling the sensation of the popping in their spine and feeling like it's terrible, they literally are like, oh, like it's relief. Science. They get so, they get so much better results so much because better they results. perceive the thing that is actually helping them, they perceive it. Why Why you put some people on a drug and the drug doesn't seem to affect them very quickly? You put other people on the same drug and they, they see physiological changes very dramatically. Everything has to do with your perception of what you're going through. That's why Charles Majors, the cancer killer, our friend said, it really doesn't matter what cancer treatment you're going through. What matters more is whether you see that treatment 
working at destroying your cancer because the research has shown that the mind is extremely powerful in these scenarios. Oh, absolutely. Science says that you will meet your own expectations, whatever they may be. That's awesome. I'm going to give one more example. So we have examples all through sports of this happening. Where So there, I, so one of my favorites is uh, in weightlifting, you have to put the weight that you want to lift on the bar and then call out the weight, which means tell the judge, hey, I'm going to lift 650 pounds. And then you have to actually lift it. And if you lift it, they count the weight and they make sure it's there. And then you're good. Well, this guy put uh, weight on a bar and it was a PR record. It was a, a PR record for him. Or it was just, yeah, sorry, it was a PR record for him. He was attempting, but he accidentally put significantly more weight on the bar. He had they had forty five pound plates on there or whatever, or hundred pounds instead of fifty pounds. So he was actually lifting like a hundred more pounds than what his personal record ever was. And he calls out the wrong weight because he put the wrong weight on, and he thought he was lifting less. He picks it up from the floor, no problem, sets it down, is excited about his PR. They count out the weight, they find out it's a hundred pounds heavier than what. It actually was. Yeah. And then due to the rules, he had to actually try to lift the weight that he called no. out. So they take the weight off. They put the weight back on that he originally called out and he can't lift it. That's <laughs> So he blows his PR away by over 100 pounds and then can't lift the 100 pound lighter weight. Oh, my gosh. The mind is amazing. Here's another one. Uh, actually, I'll save this one. Uh, because this is so, I, I just love these stories. And then we're, we're just going to keep telling a few more of these, but I, I just want you guys to know that if you, if you're looking to work with someone who believes you have the power, right. and if you're looking to work with someone in your health, um, first of all, go back and listen to our first podcast, go back on iTunes and listen to the uh, episode called the greatest health principle I know. And you can find it by searching our show, align your health on iTunes or on the I, a podcast app, or, or finding it on drryanlive.com when you click on menu and then podcast. Listen to that first episode. And when you listen to that and listen to the power of chiropractic, and then you combine that to the power of someone who's going to tell you that, that health is possible, that beats the heck out of any of the doctors that are just ready to tell you you have X, Y, and Z and throw you on a bunch of drugs and tell you can't be healthy without them. Absolutely. When we return, some of my favorite stories... Give us a call on 513-755-3583. This is Align Your Health on 55KRC, the talk station. Hey, guys, this is Dr. Ryan Berlin on 55KRC, the talk station. Let's get right into it. This is an exciting hour that we uh, have been talking through and talking about stress and mindset and placebos versus nocebos and all this fun stuff. But uh, Ash, we were talking about the story on the way down about the nocebo effect where the guy uh, uh, got dumped by his girlfriend. You remember that story? Oh, my gosh. So sad. So there was a um, a young guy who was um, dumped by his girlfriend, and he um, was very depressed and decided that he wanted to make a bad decision. And he went upstairs and he swallowed an entire bottle of his antidepressants. And he got very sick. And they took him to the hospital, and he told him what he had done. No, no, no. If I remember the story right, he was literally on his deathbed. On his deathbed. They took him to the hospital. He was on his deathbed. Finding the medication. They found. They tested his blood, and they found the medication. No, they no. They tested his blood. So yeah, this is an easy one to get confused. But they tested his blood, and they could not find right 
they tested his blood and they could not find any toxins in his blood. They couldn't find any evidence of this whole, you know, bottle of pills that he had swallowed. So they end up going back to the house, finding the pills, finding the medication and finding out that he was actually a part of a study of teenagers on antidepressants. And he thought he was taking an antidepressant. He thought he was taking an antidepressant, but he was actually in a control group of the study where he was taking a placebo and it was actually a sugar pill and he had not taken an entire bottle of antidepressants. And so he was very deathly ill at this point, thought thought it was the end. Everyone thought he was, you know, about to pass away. And then when they came in and told him, here's actually what's happening, you know, you, you're in this study and you're actually taking the placebos and those are not actually antidepressants and, you know, nothing actually happened to you. Then he was, um, then everything turned around and he was Healed. fine. He was fine. What's amazing about that story is by all measurable standards, his blood pressure was out of control. He was literally like, like having all the manifestations and symptoms of being poisoned. Right. But there was no toxin in his system that literally his brain had created the reaction because he thought he was actually taking antidepressants, which is, is all right. So you guys understand that there are hundreds of thousands of stories of people who were misdiagnosed oh, this is... of conditions and then died of the conditions only to find out they never had the condition. This is heartbreaking. They were told they had a life threatening cancer, die from it. And on autopsy, find out there was no cancer. Right, or a very minimal non. Or told they have a heart a, a heart yeah. de- de- disease, and die of a heart disease, and then on autopsy there was no heart disease. It's just... their blood pressure started plummeting, their heart stopped working. They have a, a supposed a heart attack. Their heart was completely healthy. Completely healthy. I mean, it's such a. Um... It's such it. Listen, stress is stress, whether it's, you know, like whatever it is, it's how you encounter the stress. It's almost like when someone, you know, it's kind of like the dying of a broken heart thing. Right. Right. I'll use a very personal, you know, so what I mean by dying of a broken heart is that sometimes when one spouse dies, the other one dies very soon because the thing that they were living for, which was their spouse, is no longer there. And they can literally just like give up and their body gives up. Right. And my, I went through this with my grandmother uh, on the opposite side of this. And my grandmother got diagnosed with cancer and they told her that if you don't do the treatment, you might live, you know, like if you do the treatment, you'll probably live a couple of years. If you don't do the treatment, chances are you're probably only going to live six months, but you could potentially live longer than that. The outcomes just aren't that great. And this type of cancer was liver cancer, which spread to her lymph. And my grandmother decided, she's like, I'm not doing this. I'm not, I'm not going through the surgery. I'm, not do, I'm just not doing this. Right. Um, she, had, she had a biopsy done, and then they tried to remove some of it through surgery, but she wasn't going to do chemo. When I say I'm not doing this, that was the thing she wasn't going to do. So my grandmother um, goes and has some, a tumor removed, but they find out that her whole liver is basically this massive tumor. And they close her back up, and they put all these staples in, and we were supposed to go on a vacation. It was just like this. It was like September, October. We go on a family vacation every year. And um, her doctor said, you can't go because you have your staples in. And she said her exact words were, this may very well likely be my last vacation with my family. And I will not miss it. I'll take out my own darn staples. And she (laughs) did. I remember bringing her Neosporin and... uh, uh, tweezers and watching my, <laughs> she was a tough one, take out her own staples from like to bottom of her chest all the way down to her stomach. And, um, and then she went on vacation, enjoyed it. 
And she came back, and that was in October. And the doctors, she started uh, having issues and turning yellow and jaundice, and they told her she wasn't going to make it much longer at all. And she told them, um, and this is hard for me to say, she told them my my grandson's graduation um, is my first uh, grandson's graduation is coming up, and he graduates in in May or June. And she said, "I'm not going before then." And she did not pass away. Now she came to my graduation, and her skin was literally yellow right. from jaundice. And just few days after my graduation, she actually um, ended up going into a coma and then and then passing away. You want to hear the most power? I didn't even think about this until just now because I told you I was going to tell that story, even though it's really hard um, to tell. <laughs> oh, babe. But. Here's the crazy thing is I have a grandfather who um, uh, has you know had an issue with alcohol his life and then an uncle who had an issue with alcohol and drugs and my dad um, and the, my dad was in the room while my grandmother's in a coma knowing like her body's shutting down and he literally says a prayer with her and tells her you can let go now yeah I'm gonna make sure they're okay. And he just barely leaves the room and all the alarms start going off that she had just passed away. So even in a comatose state, he was able to communicate to her that it's going to be all right. I'll take care of him. And even in a comatose state, she was able to let let go and consciously decide when life happens and doesn't happen. And so if somebody can do that, if somebody's spouse can die and then the, the other person can decide not to live... And, and literally just their body shuts down. Or if that can happen, my grandma, she decided to live up until this point and then did, and then also got to decide when she let go and did during yeah. her coma, then you can decide when you heal and when you don't heal. And if you don't believe that, then that's the biggest issue. So, wow. So one of the stories we were talking about uh, today was uh, with, um, with Joshua. Yes. And the story like God takes uh, the Israelites through uh, the wilderness, promises them the promised land for, for for literally generations. They go through the wilderness, they come out. And so why would God promise something that he wasn't going to give them? But when they get there, there's giants in the land. The spies go in, come out, and they're like, there's giants. We can't do it. Whatever. Joshua goes in and Joshua goes, we can take them. And they go in and destroy. In fact, it took God, God literally goes, how long are you going to wait before you go in and take the land that I promised you? And so they go in and they take it. But you got to remember who Joshua was. Joshua is also the guy who, when he's going to defeat uh, this army, tells the sun to stand still in the sky. And we have a biblical record saying it did. And we have a scientific record saying that Same our 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 calendar was actually skewed. That that literally our solar system did not move for a period of time. There's science that backs that up. That he's literally like you look at the story of J- Joshua. He he went around Jericho. Yeah. Right. Crumbles the walls and and marches and crumbles walls. Like everything he did in his entire life was a belief that his God was bigger and that you said this before we even started the radio show today is God made us. He made us in His own image, right? He made us creators. <laughs> And, and, and like, what a say blessing. that again. Wait a minute, because I want people like they know God made us in His image. But what did you say after that? He God made us creator. He made, he we're made in His image, and God created God created everything out of spoken word. And here's the thing that we have to realize is that what a great topic for radio. That spoken word. The spoken word. We create things out of the spoken word, and we we we. So it's not even enough just to think it. 
No, it's it's literally like just like claiming things and saying things and speaking them out loud. And, and the way that you talk, like, listen, we're talking about stress today, but the way you identify the way, are you the person that wakes up every day and saying, this is too much. This is too stressful. I can't handle this anymore. I'm about to crumble. This oh, is all my going back. My back's killing. Me. Oh, everything's bad. Like this is bad. Like I'm, I don't you even know, want to go to work. Boo, boo Monday. Boo, Mon- yeah, boo right. Monday. Boo Monday. Like, like, are you like, are you the person, you know, who like, listen, I went to college with girls who are like, I'm going to end up with cancer. Like I remember having conversations conversations like that like i'm gonna end up with this disease or this is gonna happen to me like it's inevitable you know people get the like are you creating that scenario are so you what creating we, that life we, with your we, words we, one of the things we used to teach my brother when he worked for us we teach our kids as well oh my gosh work is hard i love to work we we and say actually things. let's change it now I, I the reason we say work is hard is because we want them to know that they're going to come up against challenges and they right. have to do it anyway right but work is hard i love to work sometimes i would say you know i mean even there, we could change our mindset and say work is easy and I love to work. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. But we don't want them necessarily think it's always going to be a cakewalk. Another one is, um, you know, and I started saying this years ago about Monday is thank God it's Monday. Thank God it's Monday. Like everybody else is waiting for Friday when they can go out and screw off and do all the things that, that but the magic happens Monday through Friday. So thank God it's Monday. We get to help people. People We see miracles. We see people heal. Thank God it's Monday. Thank God that we have another week where we get to serve and love another, and help people in our community. Another sports story. So there's here's another one. Basketball players. They took these two groups and they had one of them practice free throws and and really you know get because everyone knows that practice makes improvement, right? So practice free throws. They had the other group go and visualize making free throws. They weren't even allowed to touch a ball. They just went in a different area and were visualizing sinking free throws. When they both come back to be tested to sink those free throws, who who sinks more? The people who visualized hitting all of them. Exactly. Because how many of them did they miss? None. In their mind when they were visualizing it, they didn't miss a single free throw. They get to the line, they make more free throws. The other group, every single time they missed a free throw during practice, what did it reinforce? Do you guys understand how powerful that is? That in your mind, you can be successful 100% of the time. You can see yourself doing that thing perfectly every time if you practice this. And so one of the things we said starting off is you have to develop a winning mindset before the thing ever happens. So what I want you guys to do is take your statements of limiting belief. I want you to actually, because the Bible talks about taking every thought captive. Yeah. So taking your negative statements, I want you to think about the things that you honestly think about. I'm too fat. I'm too old. I'm, I'm not this. I'm not that. Whatever it is, I can't beat this. And I want you to literally write it down. And then I want you to write the opposite of it. Right. And I want you to take whatever your, your, your dumb reason is for why you don't think you can do it. And I want you to also write the opposite of that. I can't do this because I'm too poor, right? I'm going to do this because money is everywhere and it's accessible to me. Like, right. this is how you start turning. So I want to give you some examples. You know, I mean, everyone in my family's fat, therefore I'll never be thin. Everyone in my family has never made the changes that I, or, or changed their mindset the way that I am. Therefore, I'm going to get different results and, and, and get in great shape. So change that statement. And then what I want you guys to do is every single day, wake up. And those are the first things you say to yourself, not the bad ones. Get rid of those, tear them up after you're done creating the new ones, <laughs> but take your statement of limiting belief and turn it into a statement of empowerment and start doing that. Do that with your kids. Yeah. Do that with your, 
I mean, yeah. our kids, man, I mean, like we've tried to master this mindset. What If you ask the boys, if you ask the boys, what is a Berlin boy? What do they say? They're gentlemen's champions, sons of the most high God and protectors of the Berlin women. Right. Gentlemen, champions, sons of the most high God and protectors of the Berlin women. Listen, there's a there's a whole nother there's a whole child, you know, like like thing that, that we can, that we can go down to. It's a really, it's, it's such a beautiful process. Hey, you know what? If, and, and like, and if you're the person who's like, I'm too busy, I have a lot of opportunity in my schedule this week to serve people, to help people to, you know, to chauffeur my kid, you know, like, like not, not in a negative way, but, to, but to spend time in the car with my kids, driving them places, you know, the, the, the possibilities and the opportunities are absolutely endless. And so, um, this is, this is a great, this is a great thing. And we'd love the opportunity to serve you. Thank you guys. Have a great week.